Blog Talk Radio. everything you want it to be? Are you living a fulfilled, passionate life empowered with choices that ignite you to the next level? Good love makes your whole life better. So join America's good love doctor, Dr. Brenda Wade, on a journey to your healthiest life yet. A regular on Dr. Oz and Dr. Drew, she's appeared on Oprah, Good Morning America, and is featured in countless publications from USA Today to Essence Magazine. The creator of life-changing Get Unstuck Now, Love, Money, and Save a Seminars, she's counseled millions, but today she's here just for you with the hottest topics, guests, and trends. This is Good Love with Dr. Brenda Wade. Hello there, everyone. So good to be with you. And of course, I'm your good love doctor, Dr. Brenda Wade. And we're going to talk about something tonight that I know has ruffled feathers and upset people coast to coast and I think around the world too. You know, I'm always talking about good love coming in all shapes, sizes, colors, sexual orientations. It's everywhere and good love is for everyone. And today we'll be delving into a topic that is very much misunderstood and that's transgender identity. I was talking with a group of transgender people who said we aren't accepted in mainstream society and we aren't accepted in LGBT. We are our own little entity and that T is for transgender and we're not sure we fit in anywhere. It was a very heartbreaking thing uh, to listen to them talk about the depression and the loneliness that went with being transgendered. So I have a special interest in talking with our guest today. We have an exclusive interview with Gloria Parker, the author of Meeting Robin. Her first book is a powerful and true story about herself as a young mother and her struggle to accept her only child's confusion with his sexual identity and his eventual transformation. So whether you have a relative living what we think of as an alternative lifestyle or not, Gloria's story has a lot to teach us about the true meaning of unconditional love and unconditional acceptance. Today, as always, we're going to focus on why good love is essential to your greatness, how to identify negative love patterns that are blocking you from true intimacy, and how you can break the chains of what happened then so you can be free to experience what is happening right now. And of course, we have a mantra here on Good Love Radio. And that mantra is, and I want you to say it with me, I am worthy 
And this is especially true if you feel something about you is not accepted in the mainstream. I am worthy. I am deserving. Say that to yourself. I am deserving. And I am so lovable. I am worthy. I am deserving. And I am so lovable. My granny used to say down in New Orleans, Louisiana, every one of us is a child of God. So we are all worthy, deserving, and lovable. So let me tell you more about tonight's guest. Gloria Parker was born in the 1950s, a tumultuous decade as women's roles began to change, and she had to tough her way through traditional expectations while she pondered the possibility of having it all, marriage, and a stimulating career, and actually she achieved both goals. Marriage, she became a wife and a respected actress at the same time. Her fondest dreams, however, were to write a story about her child struggles and ultimate triumphs. But she couldn't find a proper voice until her dear friend, Frank and Alan McCourt, and you know Frank McCourt was the Pulitzer Prize-winning author of the book, Angela's Ashes. I remember reading that book and crying all the way through because I could relate to all that childhood drama. So he won the Pulitzer Prize for Angela's Ashes, and she offered him a draft of the book about Robin. He recognized she definitely had a voice and encouraged her to publish the story, Struggles as a Mom, to work with her son. So she's going to tell us more about her own Story right now, everyone. Welcome, Gloria Parker. Hello, Gloria. Oh, hello, and thank you for having me on the show, Dr. Wade. It's a oh, pleasure. It's a pleasure. It's my pleasure. Absolute pleasure. And here on Good Love Radio, we talk about things that people may not talk about in other places because everything that has to do with love is our purview. And Mm -hmm. loving as a mom, loving as a mother who needed to see your son through an extraordinary challenge. Tell us a bit first about you and how you grew up. You were a 50s child and all those expectations. Right, right. I was a 50s child um, who grew up. My father and my mother were a bit of wanderers, so I traveled a lot. I lived in a lot of different places, a lot of different schools, and um, sort of looked to find my way. But I, I was I was pretty normal. It was a pretty normal childhood. My father had been in the service. My mother uh, worked and was involved with PTA. I was in the Girl Scouts. I mean, everything. And I knew what I knew what was supposed to happen. I was supposed to get married. I was supposed to lead a normal life. I was supposed to have a few children. You know, the the, the American dream. Hmm. So mm-hmm. as you were growing up and your family was traveling around, do you think that any of the travels that you had with your family, your dad being in the service, do you think that had an impact on who you became later in life? 
Oh, I do. I think a lot. Um, you know, it's funny. When you travel, you sometimes think that can be a bad thing. But actually, it forced me to communicate. It forced me to make friends. It forced me to be more outgoing and to make do with whatever the situation was. And I, I think that's where I sort of got the idea that I wanted to be an actress and, and I wanted to be a writer. And, you know, there was a, there was a lot that was stimulating in my life. Mm, and I got to I have did. those things. So tell us about that getting to have part. The getting to have part? The getting to have the writing, the acting, and well, the yes, other yes, that, that was part well, you of know, Yeah, I, I hadn't really planned it. I was um, a kid in, in Illinois, and people came to the house and said, we want your daughter to my parents. We want your daughter to run for Miss Elgin. And so I did. And then I went to acting school uh, following that, and mo- I modeled a bit. And, and everything came pretty easy for me in those years. Um, jobs came to me. It was, you know, and I spent 30 years actually as an actor while my son was growing up, while I was going through several marriages. And, um, you know, I, I, it was a, it was a strange life, but my life with my child was, he was the most important thing to me. And at, in those days, he was he, he was Robert. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, so, um, as, yeah, go ahead. Well, I just want to back up. You said several marriages. It sounds like what we call the Hollywood curse. Very hard as an actor to hold a marriage together. It was impossible. I spent most of my time on the road, and there was jealousy. um, There was competition. And, you know, there was what we used to call in those days the -the run-of-the-play contract. You'd find somebody else on the road, and you'd, you know, be interested for a while. And it was very difficult on the marriage you were in. So I didn't um, do really well. Plus, I think that in those days I would get married because I wanted to find a father who was the right father for my child. And um, unfortunately, I didn't do that until, until years later, years later after my, my child was grown up. Ah, okay. So for you, you eventually found the right husband and a person who could have been the right father, but he was grown up. Or, or he was already way. grown up. He was already okay. grown up, yes. So tell us about Robert. What was Robert like as a baby and as a very young child? Well, you know, it was it was very difficult to tell. Um, in school, uh, Bobby, I'm going to call him Bobby, which is what I called him as a child, was um, he, he was always in trouble. He was an outsider. He was very strange. School psychiatrist said that he was, um, well, if he was probably gay. He was more than likely suicidal. He was hyper, and they wanted to put him on Ritalin. He, um, teachers didn't want him in their classes. He was, he was a very unusual child, but he was very beautiful, and he was very bright. He just um, didn't get along really well. And he was, you know, there was something about, Bobby, all through his growing up, he had epilepsy, by the way, but all through his growing up that, yeah, which which caused some problems too, and there were drugs involved for epilepsy, but um, there was something different about him, different that put people off, 
but we didn't know what that difference was. I thought so in those days, I thought he was probably gay. You thought he was gay. And how early did the problems with other people start, this, this sense that somehow people were put off by him? How early did that start? He was in first grade when they started putting him in special um, classes, and then they assigned people to him to see if they couldn't. You know, I mean, it, was, it was very unusual that you would pick out a child so young to say that he was but Bobby was different because Bobby was in the wrong body and it made everything backwards or cockeyed yeah so he was struggling with something was different but nobody really knew what it was no and he didn't know what it was he just knew he was different and as he got a little bit older um it was like he had a companion he talked about this companion but it was really it was a female and it was himself that he was talking about and struggling with but um couldn't you know he didn't understand it we didn't understand it he was a little boy he was told to be a little boy he was being brought up as a little boy um but he wasn't a little boy he was actually so was he getting beaten up what was happening all the the time getting along with other kids he was always being beaten up he was always being bullied all through high school and his early years in in college he just didn't fit in and so the other kids attacked him because of it oh all the time Mm-hmm. All the time, and and it was always, you know, we used to make a joke. It was always that that big rough boy who was um, an athlete and who was special, and uh, they they couldn't stand him. They couldn't. Mm-hmm. There was something about him that upset them. All right. And then, what about girls? Did he get along with girls at all? He got along with girls great. He. Had- Hello, are you there, Gloria? Hi, Cliff. Can you check in with us? Can you hear yeah, we'll me? Yeah, we'll take a look and see what the um, delay right. is. We'll Everybody sit tight. We're going to get Gloria back in just a minute. Uh, she is calling us from out of the country, which is great of her to keep the interview with us. So sit tight. And by the way, if you have questions or comments and would like to join the conversation, please call us live at 347-989-0776. Or you can hit us back at Facebook or tweet us at Dr. Brenda Wade. Both Facebook and Twitter, Dr. Brenda Wade. We'd love to hear from you, your questions, your comments, your experiences with a family member who may be living what in the mainstream is called an alternative lifestyle, join in. In the meantime, I would really like to say that the statistics on those people who are gay, who are lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, The statistics are that about 10% of the population throughout history would fit the LGBT labels or models. And it's too bad we have to put labels on people because, again, 
I really believe that as human beings, I'm always going to go back to my granny. We're all children of God. And still is something that we all have to think about. And again, granny would say we have to pray on it. We have to pray on it. So 10% of the population, that means out of the 10 people that you know who might be with you on any given day, at least one of them is going to be LGBT. And this business of bullying, this business of attacking someone because they're different in some way, why is that threatening? Why does that cause bullying? Why is it hard for us to accept people who are different? We know that this is true. You don't have to be LGBT for that to be true. It can be true if you're a person of color. It can be true if you're not the right age. Ageism is a huge issue today. It can be true if you're not the right gender in a given situation, if you're male when you should be female or female when you should be male. So we as human beings have so much. And God, help me, please, let's not talk about the right religion or the right sect in any religion. We've got a lot here of parallels of what it is that triggers us as human beings when somebody's different. So it sounds like you're back, Gloria. Do we have Gloria back? No, we are... uh experience some some difficulty. We're working on getting her back. Okay. Thank you, everybody. You're listening to Cliff Dunning, our associate producer. And, of course, we want to continue talking with Gloria Parker. And while we're waiting for her to come back, I would like to ask you a question. Where in your life have you been punished or mistreated or in any way marginalized because you were deemed different or not the right one or you didn't come from the right place or maybe you just didn't have the right clothes. I was talking to someone recently who said he always was the odd man out as he was growing up because his mother was impoverished. The dad had died when he was quite young and he said we didn't have a car He said, I didn't even have a bed my entire life. I slept on the sofa. And mom did the best she could to support three children. But he felt always the odd one out because he had to wear Goodwill clothing or hand-me-downs. Of course, now that would be a fashion statement if he had Goodwill clothing. But where have you been marginalized? Where was something about you not okay? Think about that for a minute. And, of course, the flip side of the question is how did you feel when that happened to you? What was it like? Because when we can connect at the feeling level as human beings, we are bringing that wonderful quality known as compassion, come with, passion with feelings. And we want to bring compassion for ourselves and compassion for everyone. That's one of the cornerstones of good love. We want to bring that forward, bring that to a higher position, elevate it in our consciousness. 
So as you're reflecting on your own experience, because we've all had some experience when we weren't the right one or we didn't get the job or didn't get picked for the team or whatever it was, important to remember how it felt so we can jump across what seems like a great divide because there is no divide when we are connecting with another human being at the feeling level, when we're connecting with compassion. So there's an electrical storm in Mexico where Gloria Parker happens to be. If we can get her back, uh, we will. She is trying to call back in right now. So thank you for your patience and hang tight for just another minute. She's doing her best to get back to us. But I would love to hear from you. Anyone who has a question or a comment, anything at all in this broad conversation about being somehow treated differently. We'd love to hear from you. And I'm getting updates from Cliff, our producer, that they're working on the connection right now. So we may just be a moment away. Hang on. And do send in a Facebook question or call in or tweet. Cliff will pick up any tweets, Facebook questions, or any other way that you choose to communicate. You can do the old-fashioned thing. Go old school. Call us. That's 347-989-0776. All right. And Cliff, give me another update. Are we close? We have such a patient audience. I just, spoke to, uh, I just spoke to Gloria, Dr. Brenda, and um, she is uh, working on changing her phone. She's going to try to call in on Skype, so we're hoping to hear from her shortly. Okay, Skype to the rescue. Now, Skype is not our sponsor. This is not an ad for Skype. However, it's a wonderful <laughs> thing if you're out of the country. <laughs> we love Skype. Okay. So I have a question that just came in on Facebook. Thank you very much. Uh, This is from Anonymous. The question is, oh, I think my younger brother is gay. He doesn't think so. I've asked him, what should I do? Oh, wow. That is a very tough question. And I'm going to give you my opinion. When we get Gloria back, we'll ask her, I really think that rather than saying to someone, hey, I think you're gay, I think it's more helpful to say, I love you, I accept you, and if you ever need me in any way to support you, or if you need me to prove it, I'm here. And let that person come to their own questioning. If they start to question, then you are in a position to say, hey, You know, I thought this might be the case. You might question one day. I've got some resources for you. We've got Lavender Youth Groups just about everywhere. There are certainly support groups online. There are a number of books written now for parents on how to support your children as they're coming out or coping with. And this book that Gloria wrote about Robin, I think, is a book you could look at to understand some of the issues in a family, meeting Robin. So thank you for your question, the person who wrote in. Now, I think all of you know 
that the suicide rate for young gay men who are struggling with coming out is much, much, much higher than the suicide rate for the rest of the population. Of course, as I say that, um, I feel enormously sad because Robin Williams passed away just yesterday. So we just want to know, all of us, that depression is a part of feeling different. It's a part of feeling outside, a part of feeling lonely. And Robin Williams was quoted many times about saying the worst thing um, about, I have to butcher this quote, everyone, but it was essentially people who make you feel alone was the worst thing for him. And never is that more true than dealing with youth who are of a different sexual orientation. And certainly Gloria was in the middle of the story about Bobby being bullied and beaten up constantly all the way through grammar school, high school, and into college. So, Cliff, if we get Gloria back, we'll proceed. Otherwise, I think that this will be a time to just ask our audience to share your own experience or your own stories with us. We would so love to hear from you. One more time, old school, 347-989-0776. And if you want to Facebook or tweet, go right ahead. It will be great to hear from you. Now, one of the things that we do want to know uh, about Gloria, because I know this because I took a look at the book, she was hiding Bobby from her friends. She knew that he was different. And it was very hard for her to love him as he was. And then she had to make a very, very big leap to get it together as a mother and accept her son. And especially when he made the decision to stop living as Robert. So we'll hear more about that. It may be right now live with all of you, and it might be that we're going to re-interview Gloria. You'll hear it via recording. Cliff, you'll have to make that call for us. Okay. Oh, we have a question that just came in via Facebook. Okay. It says, how do I determine if my child is transgendered? You know, as a parent, I'm not sure you can make that determination. I really think that's a decision that has to be made by the person who is transgendered or who is gay or lesbian or bisexual. And it's something that requires a more complete brain. Children don't have complete brains until they reach, ready for this, 24 years old. So it's hard to come to grips and fully acknowledge and fully embody any version of one's sexuality until about 24 to really integrate it. And whether you're straight, gay, lesbian, bi, transgender, most people are pretty darn lost and clumsy with their sexuality. It's just that much harder for LGBT people. And I would think transgendered, very hard to know until you're old enough. So I don't think a parent 
can make that determination. So I would say if you're trying to make the determination as a parent, hold tight, just be loving, be supportive, and of course you know I have to put in a plug for therapy. That child is going to need some help coming to terms with their feelings, and especially if they're being bullied. They need and deserve help and support. So I'll tell you what we're going to do, everybody. I just heard from our producer we're having such technical difficulties. We are going to reschedule this interview. So sit tight, and you'll see the posting for the new time and the new date. We do want to hear the rest of Gloria's story and hear about Robin's journey. So she's got a major storm where she is in Mexico. Not too much you can do about that when you're dealing with Mother Nature. So thank you all for being with us. Please, please check out Blog Talk Radio or check our Facebook page. We will repost when we will do our interview with Gloria so that you'll know. All right, everyone, I'm going to bid you a good night if you're with us live and many, many blessings. Talk with you soon. Thank you, Cliff, and thank you, LeBron Green, our producer.